This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host. The next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio is Ask the Vet, Dr. Jeff. Here for you, here for your pets. And uh, easy to get a hold of me, first of all, here on Instagram Live. Just type away for here on Pet Life Radio. A couple of ways to do it. 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-TOLL-FREE. 385-8882. Uh, you can also, better yet, join me here just by clicking on the link left for you here by our producer, Mark. And uh, you can just ask away. We had a visitor last week. Love to have these visitors. So, um, yep. Anyway, thank. Oh, happy Father's Day out there, and thank you, Lana, for the the, the the Happy Father's Day wish. I hope you're feeling better. And um, let's see. I'm getting a lot of Happy Father's Day. My son had a great card he gave me, and it says, "Dear Dad," he says, "I can never repay you." You open up, it says, "No, I mean that literally. I can never repay." You. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks for all the support, Dad. Anyway, so uh, tell me what's going on. Good morning. I started having issues with my boxer. I love opening up with questions. Thank you. So, ah, fireworks. Jules licked himself. You know, I'm, you know, since I'm not hearing them here, but I'm, I'm hearing in a lot of places it started already. And we're, what, two weeks away? So it's really tough to do the training when you have two weeks because the, the long-term training is just that. It's long-term. It can be beat, but it's going to take some time. So here's, for now, Look for anything calming. If you want to stick with natural stuff, um, you can do valerian, passion flower, chamomile, California poppy, hops, any of those things. Melatonin works. CBD. A lot of people have a lot of success with CBD. And if those don't work, then you got to go see a veterinarian and talk about some more uh, really like, <laughs> I'm not going to knock you out drugs. Oh, one thing you can try that is over the counter. It's a milligram per pound, readily available, and it is Benadryl. And, you know, it's funny, all these new non-drowsy antihistamines, those are great for us. But for the dogs, we use antihistamines because histamine isn't a major player in their allergies. So to give an antihistamine, hope it's going to help the allergies, that's not going to work. However, the good old-fashioned ones like Benadryl and like chlorpheniramine, those are the ones that seem to work not as an antihistamine, but because they kind of knock the dog out a little bit. So they make it a little more comfortable. So I would 100% uh, think of doing that as well. It will help. Now, long term, all right, and this is for 4th of July, this is for thunder, lightning, all that stuff, is desensitizing slowly, gradually, desensitizing your pets. That is to, you want to get some, some sound effects, and you can get sound effects for fireworks, for thunder, lightning, for big trucks, for construction, you name it, you can find them online. All right. So then what you do is you start playing them super, super soft. You probably can't hear it, but trust me, they can. And yet early on when there's, it's way far back that you don't usually don't seem to react and you want to positively reinforce the non-reaction and call them over to give them a treat. Good boy, good boy, good girl, whatever. And this is how you do it. And then each session, you can do like two, three sessions a week. You increase the volume just a little bit at a time. And again, it's almost like slowly descent. The, t the sound gets louder and louder. But now what is their association? Association is every time they hear the sound, they're going to come to you and they're going to get reward. So they're going to be rewarded for hearing the sound, which means as it gets much louder, they're not going to be running away from you in fear, but they're going to be coming to you for treats and for you know, hugs and kisses. Now, one thing that also 
is something you have to be really, really careful about is that when we often make a mistake, what happens when we see a dog and he's shivering, shaking, drooling, he's hiding under the, oh, come here, baby, come here, we'll come here. you give him hugs and kisses and you make it feel good. That's great. It makes it feel great. But it's also reinforcing the behavior. So you want to reinforce that same reaction, but for the non-reaction, not for the reaction. So anytime you desensitize any of these things, it's called behavior modification. Trust me, it doesn't happen like that. It's going to be a process. It's going to be great, but you got to make sure that you just got to do it. And it's it's a slow um, process, but it will work. And uh, sometimes you might need some drugs to even get to the point of being able to do that. If they're super sensitive, talk to your veterinarian, things like trazodone, things like Prozac, some um, phenobarbital, whatever it is that you need, you may need that might help a little bit too. So gabapentin kind of chills them out. So talk to your vet. There's also cilio. Cilio is the dexamethanidine. It's a chemical that we often use as a sedation at a much higher rate amount, but it will, again, it sort of just chills them out a little bit. So anyway, so I also wanted to talk about something I'm seeing a lot of on the, the medical front. First of all, I don't know if you saw the, um, I had this great splenectomy this week again, and it's very interesting because this dog was just, first of all, it's an older dog, 11 years old. It's Penny. And uh, she came in ADR, ain't doing right, just a little bit off. And um, you know, so that was, I said, no, I spoke to the owner and I said, you got to come in. We'll take a look. By the time she came in, she was actually pretty good Penny. So we thought, okay, whatever it was, it could, it could have been something she got a hold of. Um, she just seemed okay. Go to the weekend and Sunday last week, again, the same kind of thing. So I said, okay, we need to see this dog. So she comes in again, and this time she can barely stand. So, you know, with that history, 11 year old dog, and it just seemed like one of the things that happens when you have a sudden onset like that, it's usually some sort of insult. Oh, and I noticed when I just felt her, her whole mouth, her whole face was cold. That's weird. That's usually lack of blood supply. So then I take a look at her lips and her gums, and uh, very pale, very pale, tongue, very pale. I said, you know, I'm worried about a bleed. Let's get an x-ray. So we take an x-ray. The very poor detail, that means that there's usually fluid in the abdomen. And I uh, then do an ultrasound. And sure enough, oh my God, you could see these humongous, disgusting areas on the spleen that were, I said, this is it. That one, this one that's kind of dark, probably loaded with blood. It's a, a tumor. We need to go in. We go in. You see the video. I posted it on Instagram. But if you get to it sooner, you know, these are things you don't want to wait. And because if you wait, then you run the risk of them bleeding out. And then that's horrendous because here we got to literally that day and right away. And she's, I mean, she came in uh, two days later. We left the catheter overnight just in case we wanted to, you know, give her more fluids if needed. She came in the next day already standing, eating, drinking. It's amazing. And the best thing for me as a veterinarian is that when you can do something like today that gives that instant satisfaction, that instant help, there's nothing better like, especially when you know, had you not intervened, then that poor dog would have not been with us. So uh, anyway, those are great. Katie Pooh, puppy teeth, should I avoid rough play during the time? No, let it, let it come out. I mean, look, what happens if they don't chew and play with things and fall out on their own? Guess what? We may have to take them out. Again, remember that what happens is as the adult tooth comes in, it should ideally push the baby out of the way and replace it in that same area in the gum line. Now, sometimes the root of that baby tooth is so long that it will hold its ground, forcing the adult tooth to come in in front of or inside 
of that baby tooth. And then we have what's called retained deciduous teeth. And what do you have to do? You have to anesthetize and pull them. So if we can figure out a way to like, you know, tying the string in the door and slamming the door and having the tooth come out, you know, the whole goal here is, is to get rid of them. And when they're starting to get loose, that's a good sign because that means it's the process is happening the way it's supposed to. And if you have to give a little bump, a little help, you know what? That's great. So uh, that's what I recommend. So uh, yes, if they want to play on things, you know, it's like when we were kids, what did our parents do? Give us an apple to bite down and crunch. So sorry to hear. Let go, Levi. Levi, amazing dog. Known him for, I think, since he's a pup or since he was adopted. Yeah, well, you know, he had a great life. He hung in there. You know, I'm dealing with, with a number. You know, this is one bad thing. As I'm in my 40th year of practice now, it's like you're with me. You see a lot of dogs that are getting old with me. So I realize that look at the, the glass half full. Even when you know you're doing the right thing to say goodbye, it's never easy. It shouldn't be easy. In fact, sometimes it's so difficult that we often don't look at and realize that it is the right things. 15 and a half years for a good-sized dog, that's amazing. And those are the things we have to appreciate and value and cherish. It's the memories. And um, these dogs are going to be forgotten. I always have these discussions with pet parents who go through such torment, so much grief, that they say, you know, I can't handle this. I'm never going to do this again. And I'm inside, I'm laughing to myself because I know when you are a dog lover, pet lover, and you have that heart, you cannot live without them. There's just no way. And what I find, and I always say the best way, and I've said this before, I'm sure on the show, to memorialize a lost pet, a past pet, is through a future pet. Why? Because inevitably, that pet is going to be an expression, a vocalization, a behavior, and you'll say to yourself, oh, God, remember me, I used to do that. So I still think of things, and I'm way, I mean, <laughs> I've had dozens. And um, my very first, my own dog, Thor, who went to college with me and started vet school with me, right? Current Labrador, Tommy might do things, or even another breed, it doesn't be the same breed, will do something. And, uh, you know, this is, this is what we, uh, I'm always saying, oh my God, Thor. So I used to do that. What do you used to do that? You know, Grover used to do that. It's, it's so natural. And that is why the best way. And trust me, when you wait, because I've heard a lot of times, oh God, I, I just couldn't do that to the past dog. I mean, what, he's going to remember? He's not even here anymore. So the only one that's being hurt is yourself and, and the puppy or puppies or cat or kitties, whatever that you were going to adopt. Because if you don't adopt them, sometimes nobody will. And you know what happens to those pets. So. It's a win-win-win when you say, you know what? I joke now. I wait about fifteen minutes as far as I as fast as I can find another animal because I don't want to suffer, and my other animals don't want to suffer, and that's oftentimes that happens. So let us go. A couple um, recommend vitamins. Kai calorie dog for fifty. All right. So I mean, first of all, yes, I am a big fan of supplementation. I do it myself, and antioxidants, vitamins, multi probiotics, depending on on really what the issues are. But it's very important, I think, to supplement for large breeds, glucosamine, chondroitin. I mean, there's so many good things out there now. And my feeling is if they can't hurt, then why not do it? You know, I, I think of myself what I take and I'm, I'm afraid to stop because I feel great and I'm not, I'm not young. <laughs> and so whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to keep doing it. And I'm afraid if I stop, let's say I'm kidding myself. Let's say it's just eating well and that's all and gene genetics. So I'm, if I stop this and all of a sudden things start going backwards, what can I do? I can't I mean, start up again. So I'm leaving well enough alone. 
that's my plan. I'm leaving well enough alone. I'm taking my supplements. I'm happy. I'm still running around with kids half my age on the basketball court. I am not changing a thing. So uh, anyway, all right, Vicky, we're talking about Vicky having to come back on again soon. So uh, when you have your pet questions, behavior, bring them to me. We'll save them up and we'll have Vicky help us out. Should the food have enough vitamins? Yes. I mean, we often say this and, and they probably do. They're well balanced, but is anything one size fits all in this world? And then let's think about supplementation. There are water-soluble and fat-soluble vitamins, okay? The water-soluble vitamins, B and C, all right? Fat-soluble, A, D, E, and K. Now, could you overdose on fat-soluble? Yes, you can. So do you want to give too much vitamin A, too much vitamin D? No, but you want to make sure you have the right amount. So when it comes to those supplementations, you want to be a little bit more cautious because you don't want to overdo it. Now, but water-soluble and a lot of the nutrients, the supplements that we take, for whatever reason, I take CoQ10, I like antioxidants, glutathione. Uh, there, there are some things you could take out there. Niacinamide, I hear a lot of people take that. It flushes you the niacin, will kind of flush you out pretty well. But if it's something that can't hurt, but can help, potentially help, then I'll go. And that's kind of how I look at it. If, if it's not hurting me, and I've been doing this for a long time. Now, some of these supplements, we don't even know what the dose is. So you know, a lot of times we just pull it off the human side. You know, I take uh, like 1,500 milligrams of, of a glucosamine chondroitin MSM supplement, and I, I feel great. So I'm not going to change it. If there is a fear of that overdosing can cause a problem, then you might want to back off or, or look for some, you know, go online, do some homework research. But I think that, and, and you're right, maybe what, if they have a really good, well-balanced food, that may be enough. But let's put it this way. Let's go to good old vitamin C. Let's say you knew that, and I don't know what it is, I think it's 250 milligrams a day could prevent scurvy, all right? That's a scurvy is a disease. Sailors used to get it for not having enough vitamin C. And are you comfortable taking 250, 260, right? Dealing with a vitamin that is water-soluble, that you can't really overdose? Or would you be more comfortable just to be safe taking 500? So, I mean, that's what it really boils down to. So I feel that I'd rather have enough and, and you know pee it out than not enough and have a problem. So that's me. <laughs> Whatever you want to do is good. A lot of itchy dogs. Yes, it's a great, great question. And now we have to go for our quick break. We will do so when we come back. We're going to talk about itching dogs, what the problems might be, and what we can do to help. Don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're ready. We're back. So a good question came in about this about a dog, 15-year-old dog, 15 and a half. Never had supplements. The veterinarian never recommended. And I said, that is not unusual. Some veterinarians, what do we do? How do we treat our dogs? 
Do we anthropomorphize? Do we look at what's good for us and say, you know what, I'm taking it, it's not hurting, so it probably won't hurt them either. It's natural. We do that. And that's why I do what I do. So I think to you know, give a dog, an older dog, especially some glucosamine chondroitin, some dasiquin, some you know things, there's no downside. And um, you just want to see from liver health, you want to give some S-adenosyl, milk thistle, come on, is that, it's not going to hurt. Might it help? I don't know, but it's not going to hurt. So why not give it a shot? So again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's your attitude. It's of course your veterinarian's attitude. Is your veterinarian wrong to say that the food is well-balanced? No, the food is well-balanced. Well-balanced for who? For what? What condition? Really? Do we eat the exact same thing that we did 10 years ago? I mean, we always make changes and maybe some for the better, maybe some for the worse. So I'm a fan of at least experiment and try it. I would give some vitamins or just some supplements like glucosamine, chondroitin, uh, depending on the breed, depending on how, as I said, look at the, the movement, getting up, moving freely, et cetera. So those are the things. All right. Of course, you slow down a lot. She's 15 and a half. I, I want to see you at, at 95. Okay. Let's see how you're doing at 95, how fast you're running up those stairs. All right. Two questions. Good ones from Vicky, our dog trainer. So let's go back. First, we'll do scratching. So the question was, are itching, scratching dogs? And um, what can we do? And uh, so the, first of all, we have to look at the cause. How many potential causes are there for an itching, scratching dog? Numerous. So we got to be flexible a little bit because you know there are many, many different possibilities and what could be causing this. So allergies this time of year, spring, summer, most areas, this is what happens. So they get allergic. It could be... Now, if it is seasonal, by the way, that's a big plus in understanding what the allergens are. For example, if it's only seasonal, spring and summer, is it likely food? No, unless you change food seasonally too, but most likely it's not food. So I would say take it off your list because a dog can suddenly develop a food allergy. You need to eat the same food for years, but it's less likely. And um, so now I'm looking, okay, environmental allergies during the summer could be pollens, fleas. Think about, you know, usually again, if it's allergic to something in the house, like wool or rug, kapok, feathers, then most likely again, it will be year round. So the, the first clue to look at is, is this seasonal? Seasonal allergies, the biggest culprits are fleas and pollens. So accordingly, the flea control, flea and tick control, essential. And the pollens, this is where you have different options. If there is just allergic skin disease scratching, but there's been no problem, nothing that is causing what looks like an infection in the skin, scabs, sores, open sores, scratches that, that may have bled at one point, then probably just treat the allergy. Talk to your veterinarian. My favorite is Cytopoint injection. Uh, it's good for four to six to eight weeks, depending on the dog. Also good is Apoquil. In fact, Zoetis was just approved, FDA approved for chewable Apoquil. They work a little bit differently. Cytopoint is actually immunotherapy attacking what's called interleukin-31, which is the basis for the dog's allergy. Think of it as the dog's histamine. We take an antihistamine to combat histamine. Dogs take an anti-interleukin-31 to combat the canine allergy, which interleukin-31, which is the, the culprit that induces the, the allergic response. Now, don't forget secondary infection because secondary infection is also itchy. So if there are evidence of what we call secondary pyoderma, skin infection, then you need to treat that as well. Because if you just treat the allergy and you don't treat the infection, they're still scratch. And you can say, ah, that stuff didn't work. No, it probably did work, but you got to treat the infection as well. And of course, the old fashioned, there were two things that we used to use. One is atopica, uh, cyclosporin. I have never really been a big fan. It does, it has helped, but on one of the dogs it's helped and also caused vomiting. So it's a give and take, but it supposedly works. I know a lot of the dermatologists used to recommend it. 
my you know old fashioned meds that still I use sometimes use, especially with really bad ears, is good old prednisone, corticosteroid. Again, it's a matter of just monitoring them, making sure that you're not affecting the liver, that um, all is well when it comes to the steroids. Uh, there's a certain enzyme coming from the liver called alkaline phosphatase. You want to sort of monitor that. Uh, it's also elevates when you use phenobarbital. If you have a dog who's an epileptic, it's on phenobarb. You might also see that as well. So trying to minimize the, the culprit and treat accordingly is the, the trick. Not easy. Now, desensitization on a long term. If you have a young dog that clearly has allergies, and it may be not all seasonal, it could be even some environmental, even year-round, I recommend thinking about allergy testing. It can be done now through a blood test. And uh, you know it comes back from the lab, and that you can identify what the dog is allergic to. And then the lab makes a serum that you start giving injections at home or sublingual drops at home that slowly builds up the dog's immunity specifically against those allergens. I mean, as a kid, I was allergic to everything. Dogs, cats, horses, sheep, goats, cows, hay, you name it, eggplant, tomatoes, wheat. Come on, really? Can't have pasta? What kid doesn't want spaghetti? So of course, I suffered through it, but I did get allergy shots. But interestingly, in vet school, being exposed to all of the animals and lots of hay, because all the large animals were bedded on hay, I built up an immunity. And now I have not had allergy shots in 40 years. So, um, and I'm fine. Well, <laughs> at least, uh, except for here, maybe not so fine. <laughs> People might argue with me on that one. But as far as my allergies, I'm fine. So what's going on upstairs? Who knows? Anyway, so now let's talk about non-seasonal allergies. So those avoidance, if you can identify something that you can remove from the house. Now, what about foods? So foods respond a little bit differently. And unfortunately, the allergy tests that we like aren't really good to identify food allergens. The only way to really identify food allergens is through what we call elimination. So when it comes to foods, it's usually face rubbing and scratching. It is licking the feet and ears. Ears is a little overlap because ears also with atopic dermatitis, which is allergic inhaled allergies, there could be some ear issues as well. So you got to kind of check them both. But anyway, uh, it's a little harder because the only way to really diagnose a food allergy is firstly high suspicion. What are your suspicions? Suspicions are it's not seasonal, it's year round. It is a lot of foot licking. The rest of the body is fine. Maybe rubbing at the face and you're not using a, a ceramic or a melamine or a, a plastic bowl, you're using stainless steel because sometimes that causes face rubbing. So you have to rule out the possibilities. And if what you're left is just food, now you have to see what are you feeding? So the biggest food culprits, possibly because of just the fact that they've been used so long, are beef, chicken, with plus or minus turkey on that one, and corn and wheat. So now we recommend switching over to what we call a hypoallergenic diet, like an HP, hydrolyzed protein diet, a non-allergenic diet like Hills. It's called ZD Ultra. And Royal Canin has some HP, uh, hydrolyzed protein, or things that they've never had before, what's called a novel protein. Things like venison, bison, salmon, cod, rabbit, that they've probably never seen before. They used to have kangaroo. That was really good. Unfortunately, a lot of people felt that, oh, so sad, so cute. But meanwhile, in Australia, they're going, get those kangaroos and put them into dog food because they are a nuisance. So um, it depends on where you're coming from, but it's pretty hard to find kangaroo at this point. But there are some novel proteins and you start feeding your dog. It's got to be for at least six weeks, preferably eight. But during the trial run, this is the hard part. The dog can eat nothing else. I mean, maybe something as benign as a piece of apple without the skin, some carrot, but truly 
You want to stick to the, as far as the protein, no other treats, nada. Because if you feed something else that they may have, have a sensitivity to because they've had it before, then you might see scratching and rubbing and licking at the feet. Say, ah, well, I got to rule out venison off the list or rule out rabbit off the list because they're still scratching. Oh, they're scratching because of oh, something else you gave them, which means the treat that you give them, you've got to buy some rabbit meat and do your own treats. So food elimination is not easy, but it is the best and most effective way to rule in or rule out a food allergy. So um, anyway, um, see your veterinarian. Again, it's the right anti-allergy medication. It's the new stuff, cytopoint apoquil. It's the old stuff, atopica, uh, which is cyclosporine or prednisolone or prednisone for, for dog, prednisone for cat injection. I don't like injectable steroids for dogs. I repeat, I don't like injectable steroids for dogs. And that's why when we, even when we used to use prednisone, we wanted to quickly, within a, several days, get them onto an alternate day dosing. High dose or daily steroid is not good. It might suppress the adrenal glands. It can lead to another other set of problems. So we try to avoid that. With Apoquil, by the way, short half-life in the body, which means if it's working, stick with it. But do know that if you stop even for two days, they can start scratching again. And sometimes dogs, because they do work a little bit differently, there is a lot of overlap, but not 100% overlap. I've had some dogs that need both Cytopoint and Apoquil to really control the symptoms. So again, talk to your veterinarian. There was another question about teeth cleaning. We are out of time for today. Vicki, your homework. Remind me next week, early in the show, we're going to talk about the teeth cleaning. How often should it happen? Does it have to be at the vet? Is anesthesia necessary, et cetera, et cetera? Is it safe to put them under? These are great things to talk about, and I want to definitely want to deal with them. So, But we're going to have to keep you in suspense. It's kind of like that uh, the commercials for things on TV where they leave you hanging just before the commercial, and you're oh my God, you don't want to stop. So you, you, it makes you sit there through the commercial and come back. That's what I'm going to do with you guys. So we come back next week. We're going to talk about exactly, start with teeth. Uh, real quick, is causes of a dry chap nose. Usually it's breed. Very hard to treat because you have to put something on the nose if you want. And vitamin E cream or lotion or cracking a little vitamin E uh, gel cap works well, but you have to you know, moisten the area well and gently peel those crusts off. And if there are crusts, but you want to do it when? Just before you set that food down in front of them. Because if you put it on and then you go to bed, guess what? They're going to lick that stuff right off. So you got to do something that's going to keep them really occupied before you do it. All right. So hang tight over there. And I will be with you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Thanks for joining me here during the week. If you have questions, reach me at drjeff at petliferadio.com. I will get those emails. If it's something urgent, I'll answer right away. Otherwise, uh, you can, we can save it if it's a really good question, not urgent. I'd love to share it with everybody else on the show next week. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for joining me. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. And um, if you uh, like my son, if you... If you have kids that aren't going to repay you, you know what? Such is life. Anyway, be well. Have a good week. And we'll uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.